Hello, this is Josh Gondelman. No, I'm sorry, I'm Josh Gondelman, and this is Make My Day, a comedy game show. The world is a stressful place to be, so every week I play a game with a guest or a team of guests who are guaranteed to win the game because they're the only contestants. I assign points as we go based on how much their answers to my questions cheer me up specifically, and then at the end, the winner receives a $100 donation to the charity or aid cause of their choice. Plus, at the end, the winner and I each give a pep talk to cheer up a person or a group or a a thing that we think might need some words of encouragement this week, because this isn't all about me. It's just mostly about me. My guest today is, I would say, your favorite multi-hyphenate's favorite multi-hyphenate. He hosts a long-running live comedy show that was also a TV show with Baron Vaughn. He runs the Stony Island Podcast Network and has his own show on it called What It Happened Was, or he interviews Prince Paul. Truly one of my favorite pieces of media from 2020. And he's also one of my favorite hip-hop artists. His most recent album, Anime Trauma Divorce, is available now wherever you get albums. Welcome to the show, Open Mike Eagle. Hello, Josh. How are you? I'm okay, thanks. I feel like healthy and employed, and I don't have to leave the apartment much. And that's like the triple crown. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I've been missing leaving a little bit. I'm missing going to the grocery store. What do you miss? What's your favorite part about the grocery store that you've been missing out on? I'm one of them people who goes into the grocery store and walks every aisle. Mm -hmm. So I just, I just missed that. Maybe it's the exercise. Maybe that was, that was, you know, 500 steps or something. (laughs) Out of my week. The the grocery store aisles are like the physical difference between happiness and misery. Yes, it's it's a thin margin. <laughs> thin margins these days. I also love because I've just been going to the little corner bodega in my neighborhood, like, and we've been getting most of the groceries delivered. But like, I'll go in, and if there's a flavor of chips I haven't tried, I'm just like, oh, thank God, I needed the serotonin of like knowing <laughs> what the buffalo kettle chips taste like. I heard you on one of the podcasts on my network, the Dad Bod Rap Pod, and y'all were talking about. MF Doom. You specifically mm-hmm. were talking about MF Doom. And I was telling them, like, a couple weeks after that, of course, without shows, I miss being around people in a live music mm-hmm. setting. But what I felt like I really needed when Doom passed was to be in a room full of people with somebody playing his music yeah. and all of us rapping along mm-hmm. really like that's what I needed, you know? I remember thinking about you. Oh, well, thank you. I, and your remembrance yeah. of Doom uh, that you rapped was so beautiful, really touching. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I'll post it in the show notes, but, like, such a sad yeah, loss. Man, the guy inspired me, man. So, you know, any, any, it, like, anything I can think to do to, like, reference and, and show reverence and deference and all of those words that rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> When we when his name came up on the Dad Bod Rap Pod, I almost brought specifically the song you talked about on your podcast with Prince Paul that he did with MC Paul Barman, Hot Guacamole, which feels like that's one of those songs I've really been into. Songs where the chemistry between two like lyricists is really great, and that one is it's like incredible. Step on an undisclosed rake. Catch a nose Catch a nose <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is perfect. Well, this is a great opportunity to jump right into our game. Our game today is called Art Beats. Open Mike Eagle on a 2010 album sketch called WTF is Art Rap. You and Hannibal Burris define the genre of art rap. Today we're going to talk about art as other kinds of music, other kinds of music as art. And I have some questions about what types of visual arts would correspond to specific music. I'll be scoring your answers based on creativity, accuracy, and as always, how much the answers delight me. Open mic, Eagle. Sounds good. Great. I was about to ask, are you ready to play Art Beats? But you jumped in <laughs> and you are ready. So let's do it. 
First question, which visual artist's work would make the loudest music? I'm going to go with a with Sir Francis Bacon. <laughs> Tell me about Sir Francis Bacon and what just like, what like booms in the headphones about his visual art. He's got this painting series. This is one Pope he likes painting. <laughs> just likes painting this one Pope, but like his head is always exploding. <laughs> it's really great. Like, you know, for, for listeners out there, you know, if you got, if you got another screen handy right now, <laughs> you should pull up um, Sir Frank, well, one of Sir Francis Bacon's Pope paintings. Mm-hmm. And it uh it, it looks like it looks like a um what's that rap group with the with the the screaming guy um gosh the screaming guy duh sorry it's my neighborhood it's all right my neighborhood is out of control <laughs> it would have been so funny if they just shouted the answer as they drove by <laughs> <laughs> um are they called death something death something something death I don't death? know this is terrible death grips death grips. Yeah, they, they had Sir Francis Bacon's paintings look like the cover to a Death Grips album. <laughs> I love that. This is not what I expected. Yeah. Exploding Popes. We were coming out of the gates hot oh, on yeah. this game. Going a in. Terrific answer. This answer is worth CXV points, which is 115. Wow. But I scored it. That's pretty I good. I scored it Pope style. In <laughs> Roman numerals. <laughs> Wonderful. Wow. Next question. If Michelangelo's sculpture David were a, a guy who is the lead singer of a band, what music, what kind of music would they make? I want to say they'd sound like Kings of Leon, mm-hmm. <laughs> is what I want to say. But I don't know any Kings of Leon songs. He just gives a Kings of Leon vibe. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like he's just like scowling, mm-hmm. looking, and like looking like. I don't know. I feel like he's got some type of bracelet on, <laughs> and, and and like I don't know a vest. I, and 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 I'll, but the only song I can think of, which is I know is not a Kings of Leon song, but I'm picturing the Statue of David in Kings of Leon singing uh, "Take Me Higher" by Creed. Okay. <laughs> so they're doing okay. This might be splitting hairs too finely, but when Kings of Leon, fronted by Michelangelo's David, performs "Take Me Higher" by Creed. Is it a sincere, like, hey, people shit on this band, but this song actually rips? Or are they like, it's funny when we play this? It's his favorite song. (laughs) It's the best thing he's ever heard. Like, it's why he started making music. Incredible. And and he got into Kings of Leon. And when he thinks about kings, he's thinking the king king of all kings. He's thinking the Lord God. Yes. (laughs) Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Amazing. This is also a tremendous answer. This answer is worth 99 points because 1999, you know, I bet I heard Creed after that, but it feels like it got left in the last millennium. That sounds, I think that's very fair. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if, I feel like Creed was maybe just two years, but it was two years it felt like an entire decade. (laughs) It did. Time kind of slowed down when Creed was famous. I don't even think Creed likes Creed anymore. I bet. I bet the guy yeah. is, I bet it, people see him and they're like, oh, with arms wide open. And he just like fist fights <laughs> him in a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's got issues too, I think. I think that guy's like a, he's, he's got some some emotional issues I've I've read. Yeah. I feel like. It's, it's yeah. too bad. But the enduring legacy of his music is that the statue that came to life to sing with Kings mm-hmm. of Leon is was inspired by that. I could see that. Yes, absolutely. I absolutely. Kings of Leon also had like a huge moment 
where I yep. feel like that that one song, "Sex on Fire," was that that was the one. Is that what it, I have no no? I think I only remember them. There might have been like a a, a New Year's like a rocket mm-hmm. New Year's Eve commercial or something <laughs> that I saw them in. That's the only like, reason I even Kings really of like knew they were big. Usher, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, and Absolutely. Carson Daly. <laughs> <laughs> yep, okay. that's. That's the extent of my experience with Kings of Leon is that commercial. Perfect. Well, this answer, again, worth 99 points because of my false recollection of when Creed stopped being famous. <laughs> Next question. If Salvador Dali's famous melting clock painting, The Persistence of Memory, were an instrumental solo, what instrument would it be played on? Uh, I'm going to go with the oboe. Ooh. I'm going to go with the oboe. And, uh, and it, it calls uh, into my mind this is an MF Doom reference. He did a solo on an oboe. Could have caught a million, but the villain went for Dolo. And I think I messed the lyric up in there, but that That's was... That's great. Oh, man. It's the gist of it. <laughs> Can you draw me the connection a little bit between... Because I, I, I get the Doom oboe reference. And mm-hmm. so what about the clocks con- or, or the painting conjures like Doom? At least in my mind, oboe notes are really like low. Mm-hmm. And when you do a, a solo on the oboe, to me it sounds melty. I get that. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it sounds it sounds like it's something oozing. <laughs> yeah, whether it's a clock or or whatever it is, that's perfect. I think this is a great answer. Gosh, this answer, tremendous. It's worth one hundred twenty-five points. Oh yeah. wow, okay, this is a big great. one. I, that's, that boosts my confidence going into the yeah, next. Yeah, this is. I think you're really you're in a groove. I, I was not, again, not expecting oboe. It, I was thinking, you know, I would have gone saxophone, but I think oboe is meltier. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, a little, a little meltier. Just a tad, a tad meltier. meltier. I think saxophone is a little more spice. Mm-hmm. Yes, a saxophone mm-hmm. is a pepper jack cheese, and oboe is mm-hmm. like a craft a single that just melts up immediately. <laughs> <laughs> this is perfect. Okay, next question. This one is tricky. Mm-hmm. What artist's singing voice or, or, you know, vocal performance best matches the way Frida Kahlo painted her own eyebrows in self-portraits? I'm going to go with Portishead's Beth Gibbons. Love it. Is, is my is my, is my Tell answer. me more. I, it's, it's dark. <laughs> it's brash. It's, it's rough around the edges. You know, but it's, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous, yeah. It's beautiful. You know, I feel like it's I feel like this would be like if Beth Gibbons catches wind of this comparison. I think it's very flattering. I think maybe she might try it with her own eyebrows after hearing this. I don't know if <laughs> if you know she maybe she's tried it already. As far as we know, this could already be the she case. She might but. switch up her eyebrow technique. I think so. <laughs> Just being like, I want to match the brows to the voice. Yes. <laughs> And then it would resonate. Yeah. You know? I feel like resonate. when you see someone and their eyebrows don't match their singing voice or their performance, you're like, what's going on here? Yeah, something something doesn't add up right, you know? They're out of alignment. Yeah, I, you know, I, 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 think, I, think, uh, I think we could all use a bushier eyebrow, though. I, I think we're, we're in a time we were, where a fuller eyebrow is appreciated, respected, and admired. Yeah, Frida Kahlo, she's just so far ahead of her time and everything. She was ahead of her, yeah. She was definitely ahead of her time. This answer is worth 170 points. Oh yeah. my gosh. This is it's okay. huge. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to be intimidated by myself. Honestly, I'm intimidated by how well you're doing at this. Oh my gosh. I, I, I feel like 
this is the performance. It's a virtuoso performance. I feel like I'm on fire and I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I feel like that's what that was also the premise of the Kings of Leon song, Sex on Fire. <laughs> <laughs> he was on fire, but he was enjoying it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Perfect. Next question. If Jean-Michel Basquiat's painting was music, where would you listen to it? What's the venue? The Bowery. But I don't know what that is. <laughs> it, just, it, just sounds like, it just sounds like where you would do that. Okay, I think that is a perfect choice. What do you, like, the Bowery I think is very evocative specifically. What are you picturing as, like, elements? Oh, man. Yeah. So, uh, are you a pro wrestling guy at all? Oh, I mean, you're, I know a little bit. Okay, there was this guy in the 90s named Raven. Mm-hmm. And he had big curly hair, and, and, and he wore a leather jacket, and he tied a flannel around his waist. Okay. And he used to have his hands in his pocket. He would come in the ring and sit in the corner. And, <laughs> and it was like, that's the Bowery to me. <laughs> this is so evocative. The ba- I, think, I think that tracks, like, kind of a, um, a moody, like, the way a roadie for Soundgarden might behave. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, some, they'd spend some, spend some time with Pearl Jam for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the Bowery, a perfect dancer, and then this, this vibe for the Bowery of like moody, aloof, intense. I think that's perfect. This answer is worth. 111, because I feel like when you are, are listening to the bands in question, you you would turn the, as Spinal Tap would say, you would turn the, the amp up to 11. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. I like that. It's great. We can do it loud, like like Francis Bacon. <laughs> Not quite Bacon loud, but still. <laughs> okay. You goes, Keeping our heads intact. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. We're not trying to kill the Pope here. We're just trying to enjoy our lives on the Bowery. Understandable. It goes Basquiat and then Bacon above that. <laughs> Next question. Who's the ideal artist to make a concept album based on the work of Georgia O'Keeffe? I'm going to go with a uh, rapper no name. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with her. Um she has this line um my pussy wrote a thesis on colonialism. Mm-hmm. And I think George O'Keefe would appreciate that. <laughs> I think this is another one with visual and sonic artists there would be mutual respect. Yes, they would shake hands. Absolutely. <laughs> they would shake hands. I just love this is like the this is like the Bill and Ted movie that never happened. <laughs> no name meeting George <laughs> O'Keefe. And looking at the painting and being like, this is it. This is my next. This is it. <laughs> this is That's my next it. thing. Another terrific answer. No name is so cool and so so yeah. talented at like so many things. I'm always like, to be good at one thing. It's like yeah, let alone a bunch. A bunch. And and then and then for all of that stuff to resonate with folks too. Like yeah. that's always yeah. Really dope. It's so it's so cool. And the the book club that she runs and, and stuff. It's just like, man, what a what a generous way to like use your knowledge and resources. Yeah. And and then now to to make this concept album about George O'Keefe. <laughs> She's a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> we'll we'll tell her. She was also, oh, I will also say, No Name did one of the best interviews. On Jesus and Marrow, and it's online on on the show's YouTube. I don't YouTube know if page. I saw that one. So it was I, I gotta, really I gotta check good. that out. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna post it just for for the listeners. Even it's she was just like so 
like it was a scorcher. Like she, it was, I was watching and being like, like when we were shooting it, I was like, this rules that this is going to be on TV. Just That's her awesome. like being real uncompromising. It was great. Gosh, this, this answer is worth 142 points. Woo! Yeah. Like that. Yeah. I like that. We are cooking. We're we cooking. cooking. Next question. Who makes music that feels the most like photography? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Arcade Fire. Yeah. Arcade Fire. Yeah. And what's their style of photography? Hyper-realistic mm-hmm. photography. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's the, what's the style called when you take a picture of a town at night, but it looks like a painting. Yeah. Because it's just that dope because the sun's going behind the house. Yep. Like, that's that style. Whatever that style is. Sunset style. <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they do. <laughs> Sunset style photography. That also yep. sounds like a, like a style of nachos. <laughs> the local bodega. That's right. Sunset style. I went in Sunset and I was like, oh, nachos. thank God. They have Sunset style corn chips. <laughs> I needed this this week. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't done that. Corn chips with three different colors on the chip. That's probably, it probably cost a lot to do to do colored, colored chips, to colored this, fade yeah. on a chip. <laughs> like yeah. an ombre chip. Yeah, you could, you could, you know that I I could see that going well, but I imagine that it's probably uh, cost prohibitive. <laughs> I could see someone doing like a three D one three D printed ombre chip as like an art um, as an art installation. Yeah, so we should probably not say that out loud because that could be that could be your forty thousand dollar idea. This is it. This is what I'm gonna. They're gonna be a whole. There's gonna be a whole uh, exhibit in the Whitney of just three D printed art chips. beats and art eats. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. That's perfect. <laughs> um, this is another incredible answer. This is this is 137 points because I used to live at 137th Street uptown, and you could look over the river and and watch the sunset in the west, and it was really nice. Nice. I lived all and the way you could enjoy side. a corn chip while you were looking at the sunset, <laughs> yep. and you can put that on the little placard by your art piece. It's absolutely right. Yeah, <laughs> just eating corn chips best made for eating while watching the sunset over oh the over the Hudson River. Final question: Who is the Jackson Pollock of rap music? I'm gonna go with Aesop Rock. Ooh, great answer, Aesop Rock. Yeah, he puts the words where the words go. <laughs> he won't tell you what the words mean unless he feels like it. <laughs> You know, but he's he's having fun and making something very impactful, but it ain't about necessarily the internal logic of the choices. It's about how you feel when you listen to it. What a great description of his music. I mm. love that. It's about the the feeling and the power of it of listening. It is. Yeah. And there is like the kind of the maximalism of like how much is Max. on a canvas with Paul. Exactly. A lot of words. A lot of words. Some might say the most words, but I, don't, I think people who say that, there's a lot of people they haven't heard. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of people that, that say a lot of words. It's, yeah, there, there are. Absolutely. <laughs> this is another great answer. This answer is worth, it's got to be 123 points. I love this. Just I based this. on like a splatter of words feels like 123 points. You know, whenever we're in, we're in the triple digits, mm-hmm. it just it sends a thrill through me. I'm it so really glad. Does. Yeah. 
I'm glad, I mean, they've all been great answers, even the one that was only worth double digits. But it it, it, it felt it still felt like it was it was arm in arm with the rest of the answers. Oh, good. It, it did. I'm so glad. Um, yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of our game of Art Beats. Your final score is 959 points, the highest all-time score in Make My Day history. How do you feel? That's the highest I've ever scored on anything, <laughs> ever. So, like, that is amazing. I'm glad it feels very satisfying. I'm delighted. And as this week's champion, you have won a $100 donation or contribution to the charity or aid cause of your choice. Where will the money be going? Wonderful. Black Lives Matter, the organization. Amazing. Goes without saying. Obviously, I think self-explanatory and and a, a wonderful cause. Absolutely. And finally, the pep talks. We each give a pep talk to someone or a group or a thing that we think need them this week. I'll go first. My pep talk is for people learning a new instrument. This is gonna sound like an insult, but I do mean it sincerely. Congratulations on committing to doing something that you're bad at. It is so easy to avoid as an adult doing new stuff that you fail at. Much easier than when you're a kid and you have to like keep doing math even though you hate math and own a calculator. You could just stop but they make you keep going. Or when you have to keep playing sports when you want to do pottery or continue getting your hands dirty with clay when you'd rather be playing sports or video games, which I think are now considered sports. Although personally, I haven't really processed how I feel about that, but that's not the point. (laughs) But you, you're doing something that you're bad at and you're sticking with it. Whether it's as a new professional skill or just to have something to do with your hands instead of scrolling through the news endlessly on your phone or tablet or computer. Although, That might just be me imagining a reason why someone would learn a new instrument. Either way, you're adding wrinkles to your brain all the time just by practicing and improving it. That sucker in your head probably looks like Ed Asner's elbows by now from all your practice, (laughs) practice, practicing, even if you'll never make it to Carnegie Hall. You're doing better all the time in small ways, ways that you might not even notice day in and day out, but sometimes they'll strike you all of a sudden. Hey, that was easier than it was before, and it sounds better too. So keep at it. Or, if you want, it's okay to quit, because no one really cares how hard you shred on the ukulele. Mm. That's just for you. Open mic eagle, I would love to hear your pep talk, please. So, I read the email wrong, so my pep talk is also to people learning to play instrument. <laughs> That's all right. I think this will be great. We'll get two angles on it. What I want to tell people learning to uh, play an instrument is that you got to have faith and take solace with the truth of the matter that the brilliant musician the technical virtuoso is already inside of you. You just have to take some time and water that plant. And then in the future, you will meet the part of you that's already good at it, but it only takes the insertion of time into the equation. Time spent practicing. The more that you pour practice into the beaker, which you'll meet And the solution is the you that is good at the thing you're practicing doing. And the thing about practicing is that it doesn't work backwards. You're not going to ever get worse than you are (laughs) right now. So keep pouring practice into the beaker because you'll look back on yourself right now and be so proud that you kept doing it. That's beautiful. I think that's so widely applicable and so specifically applicable. People are really going to take that to heart. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank everybody for doing stuff. And 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 um, 
I want to tell everybody to listen to this song called Time Trades by Jeffrey Lewis because I think it, he does a really good job of explaining why you should practice doing things. That's great. I know I'll post yeah. that on the show social media and everything. Wonderful. Um, yeah, I think that's great. It'll be so nice to share. And, and again, I think it'll illustrate that point beautifully. Well, that's been our show. I'm your host, Josh Gondelman. This was Make My Day. Thank you one more time to this week's champion, Open Mike Eagle. Where, yeah. can, where can people find you and your work if they're looking for you? I tend to hang out on Twitter at Mike underscore Eagle and let everybody know what I'm doing day to day on there. So, yeah, I got the podcast network, Stony Island Audio, with, with a bunch of shows on it. You can listen to there. And I have my record label, Auto Reverse Records, um, where I put out my musics. So you can uh, check that out, too. And you're on the, um, that, what's it called? Is the History of Swearing? The History of Swear Words on Netflix. With, with yeah. Nicolas Cage and Nikki Glaser. Yeah. All the good Nicks. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been such a joy. And also, um, the uh, $100 contribution goes to Black Lives Matter, and I'll, I'll make Fantastic. that available on the show's social media as well. If listeners, if you are at home or wherever you listen, I don't know where you listen to things, if you have your own answers to today's game of Art Beats, tweet them at me at, at Josh Gondelman. Be judicious about how you tweet at Mike underscore Eagle. Don't, be nice. <laughs> Please. Please. And that's the show. Make My Day is a Radio Point production produced by Houston Snyder and Naomi Steinberg, recorded and edited by Kat Iosa, executive produced by Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. If you like the show, please rate and review it as highly as your conscience allows. A five-star review really helps. We'll be back next week. Until then, have several nice days. Nice days.